Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Non-Expert Guide to African TV and Film. With me are my co-non-experts, Tolu. Hi guys, let's talk African TV and cinema. Good, bad and the ugly. <laughs> okay, BME. Hello, hello, BME here. Maybe talking a little bit about some ugly today. I'm joking, I'm joking. That's, 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 oops. Be nice, be nice. I'm trying. <laughs> okay, so for today, we are talking about the film Shine Your Eyes. I'm looking for Ikenna Ibomeze. The last time I saw your brother, he was walking away from my house. I can't understand why he just disappeared the way he did. A Nigerian musician travels to Brazil to search for his estranged brother who is living a life very different than the one his family thought. It's a film by a Brazilian filmmaker. Seven people are credited with writing this film. Mat Matthias, Mariani, Julia Murat, Francine Barbosa, Chika Anadu, who wrote and directed Before Boy, um, Roberto Winter, Mayra Bula, and Chioma Thompson. So that's very interesting. I read a little bit about the, the making of the film and apparently this director is very collaborative. And so he feels like he doesn't mind sharing, sharing with everybody else, you know. Many directors are usually very protective, but he's like, come on, come on. Um, the more the merrier. I know, exactly. Um, the film stars Osi Ukeje, Paolo Andre Bari Iguje, Chukudi Iwuji, and Indira Nascimento. I hope I have done all those names justice. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, first thoughts, initial thoughts about this film. Um, I'll go. go. Okay. Totally. <laughs> shall I? I didn't get this time. Yes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right. Um, so. I think overall the movie uh, made me feel quite uneasy, um, partly because I wasn't really sure what was going on for most of the time. I wasn't sure if it was otherworldly or if it was if it was dealing with maybe just some mainstream dodginess. Um, so that's one thing. I think on the other hand, as well, because the, most of the most of the time they were conversing conversing in lang in a language that I didn't understand, either Portuguese or Igbo. Um, it required a lot of attention as well. And it just kind of gave it that sort of ooh, creepy feeling, which, you know, still is just because it's unfamiliar. Uh, but it certainly had that effect on me. And I think, I, I'm not, I suspect that that is part of, you know, what, what the director was going for. It wasn't going to be anything that was going to be easy to watch or easy to understand or 
um, easy for the senses to take in, I suppose. So for me, for, for in those respects, it's a bit um, sort of, again, I don't know what word to use other than, ooh. Um, <laughs> I, I think it, the resolution, if there was at the end, was also kind of a bit in the air for me, which maybe represents life a little bit. You don't always have like a clean, clean answer to all your questions. So yes, so that's one. Um, the, there was good music, brilliant visuals, um, but also it made me feel like a very sheltered, spoiled person because I think whilst I've never been, been to Brazil and I have seen some dodgy parts of the world, um, and I'm not saying Brazil is dodgy by the way for all Brazilians that might be watching, but Paulo, it, was, it kind of, Paulo, it, it kind of gave me Sao Paulo, yeah, I think, um, but it, it, it was just kind of like, ooh, I don't want to be there, <laughs> feeling. <laughs> um, so it felt slightly voyeuristic for me to, you know, like, ooh, look at that, that's very dodgy, ooh, I don't want to be there, ooh, how can I do that? So yeah, I think it opened my eyes to something that I, is not my experience, and it's not experience of people that I probably would know, at least as far as I'm aware. So from that respect, it was interesting to watch. Um, so I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, for me, it was, it was, I have two words for it. It was convoluted and it was confusing. I, in the end, I got what I think the director and the cast were going for. Um, but I, I thought, I mean, they spent a lot of time sort of ruminating on a lot of things that I think, themes that are, I think, cross-cultural in nature and I think that's what I feel that that's what they were going for um but in the end I think some of it got some of the messaging got lost in the there was this almost um sci-fi I thought at one point I thought is this movie sci-fi is this a drama what the heck is going on here like really what story are they trying to tell in the end that sort of thing they got us to the finish line but um yeah I I I, I thought it was interesting I don't know if it's my cup of tea but I think it was a it was a really good attempt at telling a different kind of story so I, I enjoyed it in that aspect I I agree so recently we've done films that kind of tackle migration right we did Atlantic we did the African doctor we did Adu, and I felt like this was that type of story as well but done differently because you know it and which made it then not a straightforward just migration story or it wasn't simple Sha. it was it was confusing like you said and at first too, i was just like what is this hologram stuff and what what are all these things and horse gambling and what what is going on but at the end it just really reminded it just made me think this is a story sometimes of africans who kind of go abroad and and lost you know how we say it they just sono onto sono see wherever you know yeah abroad and it was sad so at, at the end i felt sad i felt this haunting i felt sad yeah. for the family back home who you know all their hopes and dreams are probably put into this brother you know and like he says at the end he's never he's gonna always be your firstborn but he's never going to i don't remember he used a lie i can't remember but something, something about he's not gonna do all these things for you that you guys thought he was going yeah. to you know yeah. I mean, to me, it looked like he'd had some kind of emotional breakdown. Am I reading that yeah. correctly? Yeah. And yeah. it was sad. It was, it was very sad. But also, also in for me, it was interesting how pressure, you're thousands of miles away from your family, right? 
And yet the pressure gets to you. And so it's that pressure combined with the pressure of being in a completely strange place where you don't speak the language and yeah. how that really breaks people. And so I like that. Yeah, it was very confusing, but I, I liked how they did things differently. I, I was like, this is not a commercial film. This is not a film that people are going to, no. you know. This no. is definitely an art, this yeah. is definitely an art piece. Yeah. If we're, if we're diving deeper into the story, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the storytelling. I think it was about two things. It was about first sons mm. and it was about migration. Mm. Um, and so you have the first son um, with the, the first son sort of mirroring um, the first son who chooses to stay with his father who, you know, for all intents and purposes, alienated, alienated him from the, their Hungarian, their original Hungarian culture, only then to lose being able to communicate with his son when he, um, when he started, uh, started descending into senility. So it was, I mean, there was that, and there was also this first son himself who loses it, unfortunately, and, you know, falls, has, falls, um, has, uh, falls into a mental illness. Sorry, I'm losing my, um, my words today. But he, you know, he has either a schizophrenic episode or something that may, makes him sort of gets, get wrapped up in numbers and he has this sort of epiphany that thinks that, that he can travel in time and all of these things. But basically he's lost. He's, 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 he has a mental illness and he's in a situation where he can't cope with it. He's telling, I mean, he goes to um, Sao Paulo. He's telling this tale to his family of this house that he's living in. You know, this job that he has, he's a professor, he's all of this thing. Meanwhile, all he has is a, all he has is a few numbers that, you know, allows him to win or lose sometimes. And he's just, he's, he's cracked under the pressure, I think they were trying to say. But I really thought, felt that it was, a, uh, was a really touching story about the pressure we put first children, first kids under, firstborn sons, especially with the Igbo culture. Um, and also the ramifications it has for the other siblings. The resentment of OCKJ's character, the you know, the the motherly love that was poured all into this one person, and you know, to the neglect of others, and it just it was really I think it it really tried to tell those stories well, and it really tried to mirror them, both in the Nigerian slash African culture and in you know the transplant, the Hungarian family now transplanted into uh, Brazil, mm. Brazil, Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. I like that. So, so I, I don't think we're going to do um, our regular breakdown this time because I feel like it's just a, it's not your regular a single film. character. Yeah, just yeah. a really singular character focus. Yeah, you know, and having said that, I yeah. do think we should talk about. I, I do think we should talk about. Um, okay, see, is that his name? Osi Ukeje. He played his character was Amadi. Sorry. Amadi, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, we, if we're going to talk about the individual characters or the acting, I thought I thought he played it really well. I thought he was very convincing. He had that. Uh, he portrayed that sense of um, not responsibility or that sense of um, duty, uh, whilst mm-hmm. carrying a burden or a chip on his shoulder at the same time. I thought he conveyed that duality, which which actually is very is very prevalent, but you know, I thought he conveyed it with such conviction. So I have to do this, but I silently resent the fact that I'm doing it or the person that I'm doing it for, but I also love him and I'm desperate to find him 
And then, of course, at the end, the disappointment and the shock and the, the reality that dawns on him and the fact that he has to assume this position that he probably always wanted, but now he doesn't really want because he's assumed they're under circumstances that aren't ideal. Um, so I think, he played, I think he played that beautifully. I certainly was very empathetic um, to his cause and to his plight. Um, and I went on that journey with him not having a lot in common with him at all, in the sense that I, nobody really expects me to do anything where I'm my family. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nobody really sends me on important errands <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, and, and whilst I love my siblings, I mean, I, yeah, I would, I would, I would do anything. You would. You, if you're somebody, <laughs> you're you would go look for them. Yes, yeah, you would. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would, I would. But you know, you never, you never imagine yourself in that position, would you? Mm, you always think no. it would happen to somebody else. But now that I'm watching this happen to somebody else, and again, the, the sort of situation they put themselves by you know, emigrating from Nigeria, migrating to a place where you don't really have strong ties or you don't really have, um, which, which is a lot of people's stories, you know, for better opportunities, but then you don't, you don't really lay hold of those opportunities and you have to make do with something else. Um, so those kind of things are things that are prevalent, but personally, you know, kind of alien to me, but I was very empathetic and I, I felt like I was going through some of those um, convoluted sort of emotions in my mind as well with him. There were many times that I wanted to give up and I was willing him to just give up and just say, you know, just, just start your own life and just give it up and, and go on. Um, and at the end of the day, I'm glad he found some answer, but I'm still not satisfied with the answer as, you know, which is like free. It's not the answer anybody I think, wanted I think, though. Exactly. So I think, I think they did touch on a whole lot of things. And I think, you know, going back to, to, the, to this, um, I'm jumping from one place to another, so I talked about his character, but I think that the shots as well of, you know, the living conditions and all of that really brought it home uh, for me to say, what are people leaving behind that they're going to live like this? Um, how bad was it at home that you're having to live like this? And, you know, clearly it must be really bad at home, bad at home. Um, you know, so it just, it just really, you know, it starts to think about the whole socioeconomic uh, impacts or rationale or reasons for moving. And then you start going into, if Nigeria was good, we wouldn't be suffering like this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, so it really, it really did send me down that path as well. Um, I was so I think for me, they're, 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 yes, I was going to say that, you know, in addition to the, to, the, to the things, the themes that you pointed out there, there were tiny bits and pieces of other things that I kind of picked up on. Um, but Lola, the word that you used that I think encapsulates everything was haunting. I found mm. it quite haunting. That's, that's the way I wish I thought about that word earlier. But yeah, that's the word I would use to summarize my feeling um, from watching this. Sorry, Tolu, you can say something. No, my apologies. Um, I was going to say that, that Sao Paulo, in bits and pieces, just reminded me very much of Lagos. The way, yes. I mean, especially when you were staying with... Just, I was like, this feels like Lagos. Mm -hmm. This feels like, you know, this feels like Africa. And I was so... Like, it felt so familiar in, in places. I was just like, wow, you know, especially when he got to that shack. I'm like, you know, this doesn't feel, this wouldn't feel out of place in a village in Nigeria somewhere. And, just, yeah. and it goes to your point, to be me about, like, really, what are you leaving behind to move forward to? I mean, you yeah. know, he's basically done a 360, and it's even worse now because here he has no ties, here he has no connections. He's yeah. basically isolated in this place where you know he has no connections and his brother has has now you know comes to see him and you know is bewildered is confused has no has has no he has no capacity to help him because they they're both strangers in this you know 
very foreign land and they're yeah. both illegal. So yeah. Yeah, I really I, I agree with you with um Well, I don't know if they're both illegal. Are they illegal? I mean he's a visitor. So I'm assuming he has a visitor's visa. That is Amadi. His brother yeah, though. He's working there. He was working. I mean Well for his uncles. Yeah, I guess. I well anyway. I guess and he and <laughs> Not to spoil it for it, but, but in the final scene, he says that he's going to look for his fortune and he's trudging yeah. up into the sunset. And, so and, 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 and I know, yeah, well, so I know, I know that we talked about, I told you, I think you mentioned something about, you said, you said, uh, uh, you weren't satisfied with the ending, um, or you didn't find the end satisfying. For me, I did, at least for him, for that character. I mean, of course, for his brother, it was unfortunate, but I thought, okay, Amadi seemed to also come to an awareness while he was in Sao Paulo, Paulo. I don't know why I can't say the word, but, um, and he, I don't know. And I feel like it's also an awareness that you have when you come out of Nigeria or when you travel to a new place where you kind of discover new things about your own self and about the world. And it's just like, oh, you know, with this new realization, I'm going to go forward and see, you know, how I can, I don't know, change my own life maybe. But I like that for him. I, I was hopeful for him that, okay, he he just seemed a little more self-aware. Yeah, self-awareness. Yeah, I suppose. But you know, to what end? And and we mustn't we mustn't count success um, solely by you know amassing wealth or having a good job or mm-hmm. good income or you know economic prospects. But he didn't seem to have any economic prospects, yeah. which then just you know. So there's a part of me that's thinking, well, if if mental illness is something that perhaps they're prone to in the family. Is he setting himself up for some sort of failure? Has mm. the mother now lost two sons instead of one? You know, mm. so that's why I was kind of like, oh, just go back home, go back home, man. Well, yeah, I, I, I did think that. Yeah, I was like, well, you, you know, in, in finding one son, you've now lost another. So you've now lost two. Yeah. Right. yeah. So what did you think the significance of this line? And it's a line from, that was repeated throughout the film. That's from uh, Things Fall Apart. And then came the, the bird says that since men have learned to shoot without missing, he has learned to fly without perching. I kept thinking, what does that mean? And why does it, is it kind of like a thread that runs throughout the film? Do you have any thoughts? It's the hustle in it. Huh? It's the hustle, that's what I thought. I, I just thought it was the hustle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, yeah. if the world throws this at me, I'm going to yeah. have to adapt, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, it's interesting it. though, because, you know, it, it it, yeah, you're right. That that was a thread right from the beginning mm. through to the end, and it was again quite haunting. Um, but I think what was even more was it worrying or scary or sad? I don't even know what the word is. Is the fact that um, they've been they've had this they had this conversation or they came to this realization um, of this hustle that they must be about um, since they were kids. You know, so for mm. me, it's almost like innocence. Um, the, the innocence of the child wasn't, you know, that they should have had as children wasn't that innocent because they already had big dreams of things that they wanted to achieve and they already knew that the odds were stacked up against them. Um, and, you know, they're already, they're already thinking about things like the, the family, um, what's the word, the family curse and how they're going to try and avoid that and how they're going to try and beat that. So for me, it's almost like 
these are kids now. Like they've carried, he's clearly, the older brother had clearly carried that burden from since when he was a child. And that, that definitely contributed to, the, to his mental breakdown. Um, so again, for me, it was just like, like the kind of things that culture brings and sets us up for as children and that we think, oh, it's just a story that children know. We don't know what impact it's having on their consciousness, on their personality, on their drive, on their fears, and what's, you know, what it can feed in the future. I mean, he could have fed something else where he could have become somebody great. Okay, because I don't want to fall into this trap, I'm going to become somebody great. So unfortunately, that's not what happened. So yeah, that was um, the impact of culture and, and, and uh, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Superstition or you know things like that on on the mind of a child what did you think about the whole idea of ikena being reincarnated in in amadi i didn't understand i was like what is this i kept thinking what's the significance of that you know is it just storytelling or was it supposed to be something deeper well, i think you know you know to be to be honest with you i i when I was watching it, I, when I got to the end, I was like, a lot of the storytelling was like a red herring. I mean, it was they were, they were touching on mysticism and talking on science, uh, science fiction, but they were all red herrings. And I was wondering if, you know, sometimes we just, mental illness can lead us down strange paths of, you know, trying to reason things out and trying to figure out the world as we know it. And, you know, I think his older brother was telling him the story, I've been reincarnated in you, or you, you know, and they have this, you know, and it seems all mysterious. And it just, to me, I'll be like, there's something wrong with this person who's telling me that he's been reincarnated in me, and then how we can become our own parents and, you know, all sorts of, you know, <laughs> you're meandering down this path of, like, obviously, he's leading you off a cliff. Mm-hmm. And we, we see all these signs and symbols of somebody descending into mel- mental illness. And we want to blame spiritualism when we really should be taking them to Yaba Lift and, you know, you know help, helping them and getting them the treatment and the care that they need to be able to, yeah. you know, come out of this. And unfortunately, they're not, again, they, they don't have a support structure. Even in Nigeria, if they were at home, they may not even have the money to be able to get um, him good psychiatric care. So, yeah. I'm not sure it was anything meaningful. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, they could have also been talking about, you know, you could also be prone to make the mistakes that your siblings have made. And yeah, there's that reasoning as well. But I didn't really. Mm-hmm. I thought, again, there, there was this mental illness sort of, you know, thing that they were delicately touching on and, mm-hmm. you know, wrestling with the whole movie until it exploded at the end. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think about the um, the aspect ratio? And I know you guys are not filmmakers, um, but was it the, the box, the four by three? Okay, uh, it four by three. Yeah, it was four by three, and so it made me feel like what, this was, was a film, then? huh? What's that? What's that? I know the aspect ratio is the the the. So what is it? The so uh, so your your TV screen right now is probably sixteen nine. It's yeah. sixteen inches long by nine inches right, uh, okay. high. So that's 69. Mm. Four by three is what your old TV used to be the like. The box, the square. So, so a squarish, uh, but slightly rectangular box. And it, mm. it gives, it tends to, it's, I thought it was uh, good filmmaking because it gave you 
that retro feel. It didn't, it didn't make the movie, yeah. it sort of closed you in. I think there was a lot of tight focus in this movie. I he really focused on the characters' faces. He really focused on, you know, and I, I, like, I thought this movie was gorgeously, you know, it, it reminded me a lot of, you're right, Atlantic's, that sort of very intimate movie where, you know, you're really yeah. focusing on what is going on with this lead character. And the character is the one who's um, carrying the whole story along and everybody else is really an ancillary there is no leading lady. There's just one main character and everybody's yeah. ancillary to the story. So I think that was beautifully done. I really enjoyed, you know, you know, the, the cinematography of the whole thing. And I really think that the set design, the wardrobe, you know, even the way that I love the little details of, you know, them and him, uh, Osi and his uh, love interest communicating through Google Translate. Yeah. That is exactly what anybody would do these days you know if you can if you're both you're both unable to speak any common language um so yeah i thought it was well done i thought i, I thought that four three aspect was also a nice touch oh is it four three it I more intimate not four by three <laughs> but, it, uh, it, it certainly it certainly made it more um more artsy farty for me because I was like why is it why is it so dark and mysterious Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it kept making me think that it was something that it was set back in the day and it really was set last yeah. year yeah so I, it confused me a little because I, I think this was back in the day and I was like no 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 wait it's it's 2019 um yeah. but, but let's go back to OC though um I just feel like he's 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 an actor for his generation and I don't think he yeah. gets his props, you know? No, he doesn't. He doesn't. You know, I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I saw him and I'm like, is this the same guy that was in Purple Hibiscus Flower in the Sky Sun or something? <laughs> I'm like, how? how? Royal Hibiscus. What kind of insult? What insult to invite him to go, no, forgive me. I, I'm facetious, but do you know what I mean? Like, he is a really, really talented actor. That's for sure. I mean, I, I, there's plain and simple. I think he was very talented. I, you know, there's some people that yeah, there's there's a, there's a type of acting that we do in Nigeria, which we're talking about. It's very theatrical. Yeah. Yes. It's um, and I, and I just thought this, yeah, this, yeah, you know, for the people in the gallery, you're trying to reach and project, uh, but you didn't get that here at all. I mean, I just thought this is on a completely different level. I think I'm 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 no expert, but I would say something along the lines of international standards. Having said that, I have seen, um, you know, I'm digressing a little bit. Um, what's her name? Uh, Wiruche Opia, in something that was done in Nigeria when in in the Nollywood thing, and I saw her in I May Destroy You, which is a UK a BBC uh, thing by um, what's her name? The girl that Michaela Cohen. Yeah. Yes, Michaela Cohen. And again, I'm like, oh my goodness, night and day. So it might have something to do with directing. And even the way yes. the film is shot, you know, because I'm like, okay, there are times that um, Wiruche isn't saying anything, but her look is conveying and the way the angles from which she was shot at and even the duration of, you know, the, the amount of time that they, the camera spends on that, the actor's face is enough to convey the emotion without saying, now show me you're angry. <sighs> You know, so it might have something to do with directing and the way it was filmed. Um, and so maybe, maybe that's what maybe that's what we're missing in Nigeria because this guy really, I, I thought, man, this guy is 
proper like international standards like i said i'm gonna stop funding over him now but i thought he was really good i i i i really enjoyed his performance i want to say that it's really good i struggled with his accent a little bit because i i i I'm not sure if he was supposed to be educated or non-educated. And I, if you guys remember, because, and I think they were trying to make this, um, I saw, for instance, the older brother had gotten into LSE, but was, they weren't able to afford it. So he couldn't go to school, but he obviously, the older brother was brilliant and he was, you know, and I, I get the sense that they were supposed to be a really poor family. And I'm, I didn't feel that they were from Lagos. So his, his accent didn't suit where the character was supposed to be from and his status. Well, but that's, it, that's, a tough, that's a tough one for hold me. Hold on. Now, I don't know the East very well, but they lived in Unsuka. Unsuka is yeah. a university town. Yeah. Now, not having money in Nigeria, you know, it's very different things. You can be academically rich and still not be and, able to afford yeah. LSD. You know what I mean? So Unsuka, I know it's a university town. However, I don't know if everybody's affiliated to the university. So I don't know. But, yeah. but I mean, you have Igbo friends. And even if they go to university, if they've lived in the East for a lengthy amount of time, their accent is a particular way. And it's, it's, it's not, even, if when it's, even when it's muted, it's still fairly strong. I mean, you can, you can tell somebody who's from the East. And OC kept, I mean, it wasn't stable. But I could tell this is, I, I don't know, but I just, his, his, it felt put on for me just a little bit. Um, and I could tell that, I mean, and I'm not familiar with his work. So it's not like I have tons of experience with him speaking um, Igbo or, yeah, and it, I'm sure he's a native, he's a fluent Igbo speaker. It just didn't feel like a natural, like Igbo tongue. And I, I, I just, that, that's just to me, but. Um, are, are, are you I, saying it was a Lagosian? accented Igbo. I'm, no, I don't understand. No, it just, it was too... Well, his, well, are you talking about his say. Igbo or his English? his English? Yeah, which one? English. His English. Okay, his English. His English was English what, too Polish? Too or? Posh. Yes, it was a little... Right. Even with the Igbo accent on top of it, it just didn't feel... Um, so this guy, okay, okay, look at living in bondage guy, dude. His accent... You could, I mean, you could tell he's Igbo, and he, even he was educated. Osi sounds way more sophisticated than he does. Really? Yeah. Like he doesn't have an Igbo, a thick Igbo accent. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, not just. It doesn't even necessarily have to be thick. It's just the cadence of his word, the words uh... that he uses. You know, the the way. So like, I hear you. Know, you. There's a there's, there's a way middle class. Uh, English speakers, there, there's language middle class English speakers use. There's language that you know, um, lower middle class, and there's I mean, language has unfortunately has class and tone and whatever and whatnot. You see it in English when you have your Cockney versus you know Queen's English, whatever and whatnot. When you're from London, whatever, and the, I mean, his his English was just a little bit too to me, a little bit too upper crust. Mm. Even though the accent was kind of supposed to be thick, but it wasn't really because it didn't stay too long and mm. I just I, I don't know I, I like, understand what you mean it did sound like his spoken English was put on like the the Igbo accent was laid on a little thicker than yes. like he was trying to trying. convince you now for us I feel like we'll get that I feel like somebody who's not Nigerian would be completely yeah, yeah, fine right. but I hear you on what you're saying 
Um, again, I would say the character was supposed to have grown up in Unsuka. We don't know if his parents were lecturers or whatever. I don't know a ton about Unsuka, but I know it's a university town. So that could also explain yeah. that. Just about his accents, I not like I disagree, but I don't agree if that makes sense. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't call out to me as something that'd be like, but I thought, I thought his um, exclamations and the little jaras um, rang true for me. Um, and, but I, I can only go by the Igbo friends that I have and the kind of, and, you know, and the way they expressed exacerbation and, and the likes. And I thought he, he kind of nailed that. I really like the quiet performance. You know, I am tired yeah, of yeah, the yeah. hysterics. And totally remember the last time we talked, the last film we talked about, there was a particular mm-hmm. character that you felt was played too hysterically. And that's, I was like, I wish I, I wanted to give that character to Osi. I mean, he's a guy, so he's not going to get pregnant. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to be diagnosed with that kind of cancer. But I would yeah, love yeah. to see how he would play that. You know, somebody who has received, a young person who has received the shock of their lives, you know, and not, pl- and not yeah. being... Anyway. Well, yeah, it was, it was, it was a good film. Again, yeah. So sorry. Again, I think honestly, I think it's probably down to directing. Yeah. Yeah. It is that, that, yes. that, that, that honestly, movie. that's that's yes. what it is because yes. this this was just a cut above anything I'd seen him in before. Yeah. No, I agree with you totally. I do think that we are doing Nigerian actors a disservice. I feel like they're not yeah. getting um, good Stretch enough. Stretch their direct. legs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, are people pe- giving people any direction? I mean, is the actor just coming and doing what they think is the interpretation of the yeah. role? And are they getting any feedback on it? All right, so let's talk about the title, Shine Your Eyes. How did you feel? So, okay, so my pigeon slash uh, Nigerian English thingy is not the best, uh, lexicon, sorry, is not the best. But I'm assuming Shine Your Eyes is like, I don't know, is the Nigerian version of like, you know, be vigilant. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah, pretty much. So, <laughs> but you know, to me, I, I love the phrase simply because, you know, it's like, you know, keep your eyes open and pay attention. But um, it's a good question because is it pay attention to, again, pay attention to family? pay attention to the mental health of your family members, pay attention to your family dynamics. I'm not quite sure what it had to do with the story of the film, but I, I the term itself I like because I, it's a very, very Nigerian term. And it's, you know, it reminds me of when you're, somebody's driving past and the, the, the car lights flash in your eyes and you literally like shine your eyes, make your eyes shine. So anyways. What do you guys think? I, so, uh, the, the, um, what's his name? Ikena did say it at the end. Yeah. Uh, when, when he was talking to his brother. Um, so he was saying something along the lines of, um, it, it's, you're right, it's be aware of what's going on around you. Um, and I think the point he was trying to make was, I've cracked the code. Now I want you to be aware of what's going on around you. And it's just weird, you know, not weird, but it's sad because he didn't crack any code, clearly. Um, but uh, conversely, or ironically, even though he didn't crack the code and he thought he had, and he was telling his brother to shine his eye, his brother's eyes were now open to the fact that open, actually, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. You know what? All is not well here. <laughs> this is not going down the way we planned it, and I better wake up and smell the coffee. 
um, which is probably the English equivalent <laughs> to shine the eye. Wake up and smell the coffee, yes. But also, you're right in the sense that Amadi's Amadi like came to a realization, right? That you know, look, all of this, you know, wishing for my mother's attention and wishing to be like, you know, to be seen. Like, mm. look, dudes, it's not all of this stress. I can strike out on my own and do what I want. And he basically, yeah. it was like almost he almost. It almost felt like he tossed that cell phone away and struck out on his own um, yeah. to really, like, really see what the world was like without all those, you know, all all that uh, weight on his shoulders of trying to live up to an ideal of being, the being the spare, so to speak, when it comes to the air and the spare. So yeah, I love that. Um, and just quickly, let I, who says who says to their son like your dimple. You know, so he talked about, you know, having, asking his mother how he had the cleft in the mm-hmm. chin, the dimple in the chin, right? And, you know, she says the ones that are in the cheeks are from God saying, you know, hey, you know, and then the one here is for him to then go, you know, I was like, who says that to their son? Casual, <laughs> no, but you know, but yeah, yeah. But you we, know. We, ex- we excel in casual cu- cruelty to kids, I have to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we do. Ah. We do, and I, I, even even as a parent, I I find myself <laughs> doing it. You know, then you wonder. Oh, I hope they realise that that's kind of a joke. But then, was it a joke? <laughs> oh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Well, like 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 for example, like you know, for example, like you know, when when my girls eat, for example, and my says, "Ah, look at your tummy," I'm I I really I'm like, stop, stop telling them, look at your tummy, you know. But it's the thing that we say, "Ah, ah look at your tummy," you soon explode. <laughs> but actually, these are things that actually cause uh, pot- body could potentially issues. cause body image issues and all of that in the future. Um, but you know, so you never know. You never know what. Um, oh, it's the same thing. You say, "Oh, you're so short." When the way when God was handing out height, you went to swim in the river. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's things like that. It's it, like you said. It's casual cruelty, or what's it, how, do you, how did you say it? Uh, casual cruelty. Yeah. But I think I there's, mean, there's still a difference between saying "see your tummy" and saying telling the story about being re- like you you're one of God's rejected. God. <laughs> no, but the thing is, yeah. it's because of the way he's recounting it now. He's recounting it in a but when she would have said it, it probably was you know it wasn't three by four dark lit or dark film. <laughs> it was probably like outside when they were you know come back from the market or something in a jocular fashion. It wasn't a moody or moody like you would have recounted it as well. True. Um, but I think but, one of the things the that way... I found also quite sad and haunting was in, in line with the same thing was the message that he kept on listening to. Uh, you're my heart, you're my this, you know, when she asked him, him mm. Amadi to leave the room. And that was a recording that he kept on listening to. Well, or tr- attempting just, to listen to and not being able attempting to, to listen to. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know, and that's just reinforcing the fact that I'm second best, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe even third best, who knows? Basically, I'm not the best. And it just kept, you know, having that recording is one thing to remember it. It's another thing to actually have the recording and be playing it back to yourself over and over again. And especially in this age of, you know, where technology sort of, you know, keeps things forever and ever in text messages and whatnot. I think it's just it, it, perhaps for me it reinforces the, the 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 good behavior that we should have. That you should just be careful about what you say to people, because you just never know how it's eating away at them day after day after day. I think the title should have been "Beautiful Boy." 
or something along I know, those lines. right? I hate. I, I the, the, they, right. they said that a couple of times, and I was like, "What is this yeah. boy thing?" But yeah, he's my beautiful boy, but he's not enough. Mm-hmm. My beautiful boy, but not enough, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. That butt is a killer. That butt is such ah, a killer. Man. Okay, just... ah, that's not that's not awesome at all. Well, it's not no. great. Watch it. A good movie. You should see it. Yes, watch okay. it. Watch it. Watch it's it. A bit of a, it's a bit of a slow burn as well. Uh, yeah. But just get into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe on a Friday night instead of going out, just get a glass of wine, some popcorn, watch it. Is anyone going out? Friday nights, my dear, it's true. <laughs> this is All right. Okay, so thank you very much for joining us on this episode. We just talked about Shine Your Eyes, starring Osi Ukeje. Go see it. It's on Netflix. Peace.